Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. What are we doing? But we're doing the best that we can. One more time. We're doing the best that we can. Give yourself a Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll be here all day. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the Drive Across America edition. My name is Richard Bliss, the host. I'm joined by my co-host, Cameron Randall. Cameron? Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Here we are. We are somewhere in between Dallas-Fort Worth and Bentonville, Arkansas. On our way, on day five of our Drive Across America, as we visited with Kickstarter project owners to talk about the passion that drives them to what they're doing. So it's a special edition. I want to say thanks to everyone who's uh, joined us. Uh, we've had some great backers on the show, uh, which I have appreciated. And we got to meet a couple of them, haven't we, Kevin? Yes, we have. And it's been nice that we started this project, this drive, before we funded the project. Uh, many of you uh, backed it who are listeners, and I appreciate that. And I want to thank uh, some of you for doing that, particularly Mr. Lawrence O'Brien, who was one of my very first backers, who's been a host of this show out of uh, London. I thought he was too busy watching the closing uh, ceremony, but he backed the project. I appreciate that. Uh, Bobby Allen, who we visited with today in Fort Worth, uh, was a generous backer. Robert Harrington, who uh, we visited with in Phoenix a couple of days ago. Then uh, Break From Reality Games, our largest backer, and that is Eric Sawyers, who we very much appreciate his support. They are coming out with their new game, Break From Reality. They just did Disaster Looms. I think they raised $72,000. And uh, Break From Reality is about to come out. And then we had Andrea Burdett. And Andrea, if you're listening to the show, thank you very much. Uh, I don't know Andrea. She uh, lives in San Jose and back to the show. And we very much appreciate it. Those are some of our backers. We'll mention a few of the other ones on one of the other episodes. But I just wanted to make a shout out to them. So thank you very much to all of you. So, Cameron, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, that's a good question. We've kind of talked about everything so far. We've got to decide what we're going to talk about on the show. So we have talked about everything. Um, so those of you who are listening, you can find updates on the Game Whisperer's YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's under The Game Whisperer. You can follow us on Twitter at Game Whisperer. And then the Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash richardbliss or facebook.com slash the Game Whisperer. And that's where we've been making updates as we've gone along. We've talked about banking. So let me just touch on that. If you have a project that you're looking to do and you haven't set up a bank account with your Amazon and your bank, do it right now. Even if your project is months away, take the time right now, go into Kickstarter, hit the uh, start process, start your project, even if you don't know what your project is. And then one of the tabs there is to set up the banking to authorize your bank. Because the last thing you want to do is have this whole idea come together, have a deadline you're trying to meet, and then trying to set up the banking and wait for it. Don't do that. Go ahead and get out there and do that on the banking. What else have we talked about? We talked about... Well, here's something that maybe could, we could jump into. Um, we've talked about a lot of things, but I think the biggest... And this is All of this would go into that, uh, in, into this the big idea is this ecosystem around the whole process of what you need to be doing and understanding to have a successful, not only... You know, specifically Kickstarter campaign, anything that has to do with the crowdsourcing opportunity. And what I've gathered is people, you need to have a plan beforehand. 
it's not and uh, and we've had a number of people say well I started something and I threw it up there expecting it to to happen and be self-perpetuating no you gotta have an audience before you have a project and then you have the project and then in the end you gotta fulfill that project somehow and and so what we're talking about is this ecosystem right this uh, is that you're just not you don't you're not gonna do it all by yourself no and you really need to start reaching out and starting to form those partnerships beforehand and uh, by the way those of you who are listening we're in, on the car in the car on the road Rita the Garmin woman who is going to tell us some directions here in a, in a few minutes so she's going to chime in we're just going to ignore her we're going to follow her directions but we're going to oh there she goes and you can guess where we are take ramp one mile take the ramp to I-40 East so uh, there you go so let's talk about that ecosystem and when I talk about the ecosystem, I'm talking about the fact that Kickstarter, a couple of, first of all, a couple of things. When I start a Kickstarter project or you start a Kickstarter project, uh, usually it's you're kind of focused on, oh, here's what I need to do to make this happen. But as Kevin, as you just said, you, what about now that you've got it, how do you get it to customers? Or how do you get it in front of your fans? Uh, for example, I did an interview that that episode has not gone live yet with the CEO of Tug, T-U-G. T thank you, Rita. Tugg.com, Tug.com. If you're listening and you're doing a film, you gotta check out Tug, because Tug is part of this new ecosystem of crowdfunding. What it does is it allows you to take a film that you've created and then post that film online, not so people can watch it online, but so they can crowdfund the appearance of that film in a local theater. That's this new ecosystem that's developing. If you're creating a board game, you're gonna to have to touch base with publishers and distributors and uh, sales and networking and manufacturing and all kinds of stuff. So those are some things that you, about the ecosystem that you really need to pay attention to. And this ecosystem is kind of evolving. There's some players that have come out. Uh, we just talked to Nathan uh, McNair this morning who's doing Pandasaurus games. And Nathan pointed out that um, you know they're going, they're going with Panda manufacturing in China. You can do that, or you can try to establish some contacts with some other folks to do that. Thank you. So those are some things you need to think about about the ecosystem. Is that kind of what you were talking about? Yeah, just basically, it's, we get so focused on on the project itself that we need to make sure that you're thinking about everything that involves. You know, an ecosystem is is a, a whole bunch of different elements that have to live together to make a successful thing happen. So. No, I'm dependent on other things to live. Your project is really dependent on other other resources, other people, other skill sets to really survive, thrive, and, and turn into something more than just a short-lived um, uh, project or a short-lived species of sorts. If you want to continue with the the ecosystem uh, theme there, the theme there, yeah. So it's just being aware of what your end goal is and what you can do with it afterwards, and. And some of the things were brought up is it was brought people as they started things they were kind of surprised once they had gotten as far as they'd gotten because either because the Kickstarter thing can happen so fast that they realized what they had promised was either further a uh, further a stretch than what they had expected or um, they realized that they had only looked two steps ahead instead of the twenty that they could have. And so, how does? How would you think, as you've listened to all these people, how would you gain that perspective? Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing is to listen to people because 
Um, I've I'm an expert in, in one field of, of, of communicating a thought or an, or, or, or an idea. And let's tell people what that expertise is. So I'm a, I'm a videographer. I'm a, I'm a video producer. And so I do a lot of work uh, with advertising. I do a lot of work um, that revolves around taking someone's idea and communicating it visually, communicating it in an interesting and entertaining way. Um, sometimes they're really boring concepts that we, that we spice up for entertainment. Sometimes they're other things that we have to boil down to make it really simple to understand. But my, I, it's been very, very educational to me being involved with this whole process because every every project that I do is very uh, mirrors the Kickstarter project when it comes to the whole how you start uh, working out the, the middle parts. The, the, the biggest part, obviously, is is the number of people involved to make it happen. But so what do you mean by, when you say every project you do mirrors a Kickstarter project, what does that mean? So somebody starts with an idea, it's a passion for them, it's, it's something that, it, it, we don't, everything I do isn't, isn't a, a prepackaged, off-the-shelf thing we do. It's something that starts from scratch. So, so a client comes to us and they say, hey, I really want to have a new video that, that talks about this new service, new product, or new idea that we have. We have to start from ground zero to generate the message what we're going to do with the video, how we're going to do it, you know, does it involve ninjas, does it involve, involve laser sharks, or is it simply somebody standing and talking? So from there... You do videos with laser sharks? We do do videos with laser sharks. And I do know that you just did one with ninjas, too. We just did one with ninjas. That's why I was on the front of my uh, front of mind there. So as, as you think about it, you have this idea, you have to formulate it into something that's tangible. So as a Kickstarter project, I have a dream. What's this dream? I want to make a board game. I want to make a project that involves a play. Um, you, have I, a, you have a couple of Kickstarter project ideas. What, what are you thinking? What, and for that, example, I really yeah, I'd love to throw it out there and kind of get some feedback because I want to have a successful campaign when I do. I have I have a couple started. I have a documentary that I got approved from Kickstarter. Um, my dad's a, as an, a recording engineer, audio engineer. He's been in the music business for the past 30, 40. No, how old is he now? That's like sixty something. Anyway, oh, last sixty years. He's old. Old. He's, he's old. He's old. So old. No, that's what he's he's doing his whole life. So, and it's been interesting to see how his studio has evolved and hasn't been destroyed by the desktop publishing version of recording studios. So I wanted to really take a deep look at that and um, do a documentary. I, I'm calling it "Old Dogs and New Tricks." So my dad has survived because of the way he's adapted and evolved. Um, but here's the thing, I haven't run it yet because I want to make sure I'm doing the research correctly because I don't know the audience. I know the message. I know the message I want to communicate because I'm proud of my dad. I think what he does is amazing. I do think there's an audience for it because there's a big group of baby boomer type people um, who feel this way. They, they had the old way of doing things. Um, the technologies come in and basically wiped out their livelihood. And how do you survive that? That's a big part of the message. It's not necessarily about the recording industry but it's more about these individuals who have survived or not survived exactly so I have that approved I haven't run it yet because I want to make sure I'm asking enough um, for me to be able to do the project but not too much that it's going to be dead in the water before I even start it right so that's the first one a couple more are um, around games uh, I'm, I'm not quite of a crazy major gamer as, uh, as you are Richard I, I really enjoy them but I haven't had time to really pursue that. I used to play Magic the Gathering back in the day, and I had Star Trek, and 
um, some other card type games and anyway uh, so what's your game idea so here's my it revolves around simple gaming I, I have kids and I was trying to explain to my son that they tiddlywinks and he's like dad what are these tiddlywinks he saw it in some, some cartoon and I was like oh tiddlywinks I love tiddlywinks and I was having a hard time explaining it so I went on YouTube the, the, the biggest you know free encyclopedia of the world and I was looking at tiddlywinks. I couldn't find a good explanation. It was all either just like people. Why were you looking? Couldn't you just tell your show your kid? I couldn't remember. I didn't. I didn't have my tiddlywinks from when I was a kid. First off, which is odd because I usually have. I usually have all my toys. I'm very nice to my my toys. I have boxes of action figures and cars and stuff that my kids actually play with now. But I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't have tiddlywinks anymore. I couldn't quick make any because they're, it's harder to make a, a tiddlywink that actually functions. Um, so you're out on YouTube looking to find out instructions. I'm trying to show him how, how, how it works and and how do you play the game and stuff. And I couldn't really find anything that wasn't people screwing around and, and cursing or really bad explanations or like a six-year-old, this is my Tetley Wink collection. It, you know, you can't really learn anything and show somebody from that. So I thought, you know what? There needs to be a resource for people like me um, and others who, who have these like games like Jacks may be too simple, but I used to play Jacks, Marbles, Tiddlywinks, um, Pogs is, a, is one that's a little more uh, um, past those particular older games, but um, just some other games like that that were very, very popular and that kids would love to play now, but aren't necessarily the cool thing to do. So I thought there needs to be a YouTube channel that catalogs and um, that creates a an instruction manual for each one of these games. And it, I mean, you can even go as far as like Hide and Go Seek or Sardines or Kick. Some of these games that we used to play in the neighborhood all the time that have kind of been replaced by video games. Video games. Exactly. So what would your Kickstarter project be? So I, I would have to find a collection uh, of games and present them in, in a professional but not distracting way to, to have the instructions, the gameplay, and just some fun facts about it. So that, hey, you know what? As a family, we're gonna we're gonna learn a new game today. This is one that your mom and I used to play when we were kids. And if you can't remember it, you just go look it up, and there you go. You have it right there online. So your uh, your Kickstarter project would be the creation of these videos. The Kickstarter project would be the creation because it's it'll take time. It'll take time. It'll take effort. Um, I'm not having to produce any print printed things or anything like that. It's just it's just my skill set and my time. Cool. Um, and lastly is I have a product one that I really want to push forward. It's a, it's a toy that I developed. It's based on paper products. Um, What's it called? It's, uh, they're, they're called, uh, ro they're little cardboard robots. They're called, the, I can't remember what I call them. They're called zippy robots. Cardboard, what's a cardboard robot? So I've taken, I've taken, I, I do a lot of 3D designs. So I've taken these, these basically really simple geometric shapes, designed them in 3D, and then I lay them out flat so like they're going to be packaging so lay them out flat I've cut them out and then you fold them up and glue them together with a hot glue gun yeah and you have these three dimensional toys that are very very cheap and my whole the beginning of this whole thing was I thought I, I started making some toys because my kids were getting into something and I thought I would love to get them some resources and some toys to play with but I'm not going to spend a whole bunch a whole bunch on that because you know two year olds and four year olds they have a tendency to spend a five minutes Right. So if they don't like it, I'm not going to spend any money on it. And I like making things. So I made these toys. So, it, so it's a blueprint for a robot that lays out on cardboard, and then you've scored the, you scored the cardboard. Is that what you've done? Yes. Well, so I cut it by hand with an X-Acto knife. 
Okay. It takes me about half an hour to cut out a robot. And uh, and then you glue them together and you, and you have this really cool action figure that he's, he's articulate. Um, you can draw, you know, the, all the features on him, faces and stuff, so it's a really kind of interactive toy. You can make it really personal. Um, they're pretty indestructible, but if you do end up, like, burning one, you can just make another one. Burning one with, like, I don't fire? know. I'm just thinking about what I used to do with the action figures when I was a kid. Ah. So... I've got it. The other thing, too, is you can make minions. You know, when you're playing Star Wars as a kid, I can only afford to have, like, two stormtroopers. How are you supposed to play Star Wars with two stormtroopers? <laughs> so I wanted something that was cost-effective that you could have a whole army of these guys and, and expand your game. Got so it. the problem is, is that I could, I could release this as a, as a pattern. It's very, very simple. But it takes half an hour, which defeats the whole purpose of having a cheap, effective toy. So right. the Kickstarter campaign would come in to where I could design, if I have I have robots, I have a few different designs of robots, I have some vehicles, I have a spaceship they live in. I've designed all these things, and cut them out and made prototypes, my kids play with them, they love them. How big are these? Um, about the size of an iPhone, as far as height goes. Really? And yeah. they're three dimensional, they're not like flat? No, they're three dimensional. They can stand up? They can stand up, I put, I've put uh, a few different things in their feet, sand, salt, rice, so they're weighted. I thought about putting magnets on them so they could stand up on things. So yeah, they're actually, surprisingly, they are very, very articulate and very, very expressive. And that, and that was one of the things I was looking on a bunch of Kickstarter campaigns in the past thinking, oh, someone's already done this already. So why would I reinvent the wheel? But I haven't found anything that really you could actually play with. I found a lot of like green themed, I'm gonna make a toy that's eco-friendly, but not a lot of design and thought went into it. They just basically made a box and painted a, uh, painted a truck on it. And I wanted something that was actually a truck but made out of cardboard and that was indestructible. My four-year-old sits on his cardboard truck and like pushes it around. That you made? That I made. Okay, there are wooden wheels on it, but everything else is cardboard. It's just a little bit of engineering, it's a little bit of creativity. Um, but yeah, I glued it together. After cutting it out, which is the hardest part, it takes me five minutes to glue it together. And they colored all over it. Like I said, they can... Okay, so, we, so we've got the idea. Biggest question, what's keeping you from... You've got a pre-approved Kickstarter project, and you've got one that's ready to go hot off the presses with a hot glue gun. What's keeping you from doing that? Because um, there's somebody else who's listening right now yeah. who's in the exact same spot. Exactly, right? exactly. They've got this guy, great idea. They've, maybe they've even got a pre-approved, but something's holding them back. And we're talking about, is it the ecosystem? Do you not, is there some, a piece that you're missing? Well, honestly, the only thing now has been education because I, I, and I should have just maybe just done it and learned that way. But I feel now after having you know, uh, throwing myself into it head first, I feel pretty confident. After each person we talked to, if it hadn't been two in the morning every time we pull into the hotel, I would have sat down and actually written up the two the two other campaigns that I haven't written up to get approved so I can start the process. Because with the robots, I've, I've started the research, I found out what it would cost to die cut these things, so now I need to put that out there so I can actually do it. That's the closest one, I think. Is the robot one, and so what you're saying is that, and for those who are listening, they haven't had the, the pleasure yet of hearing the interviews that we've done. What you're realizing, so you're telling me that you just didn't. What was holding you back was this unknown of the steps in the process to make it get it going. And did I need to wait that long? Probably not. Well, yeah, there are some resources out there. There's some good blogs. There's a there's a podcast I've heard that. Uh, covers a lot of this good stuff that talks about how to launch a Kickstarter project. You should probably listen to that one. You should probably listen to that one. Um, all right. So that's what's keeping you back right now is you've got the idea. Now it's just a matter of just doing it. What do you think? So 
Uh, we talked about the ecosystem. Let's talk about fear. Okay, that's a huge one. Okay, let's talk about that. Because I don't necessarily look at myself and say I'm scared to do this, but in reality's sake, I am because I haven't done it yet. What? What? What are you afraid of? I, to be completely honest, I'm probably scared of failure. And what part of failure makes you afraid? Um, what's gonna What's What's gonna happen if you fail? Ego. Ego. Or so uh, people are gonna see you as a failure. Maybe not. Maybe not people, but myself. You could think maybe. So I've asked this to other people. You've heard me as you film, yeah. Because I've heard this before. There's a question out there. How many people come back and do a second Kickstarter project after failing the first one? Um, do you think that if you were to f put something out there and fail, would that shut down your desire to do another one? No, I don't think so. I think it would. It would be a good learning curve because once you've done that and failed, it just means you need to do something right next time. And then. I mean, in anything with business and with a project and putting yourself out there, you're, you're always potential, uh, always have potential of being, and the, I think fail is a huge, it's a strong word, but there's marketing ideas that we've had campaigns we put out there and we don't get the return that we want. All that means, and what you should think to yourself is, and everybody should be thinking this way, you didn't fail, you just didn't get, you just didn't find out what worked. Say that again, you didn't fail. You didn't fail. You just need to find a, something that works better. I, mean, I, found, I, I didn't rephrase that correctly. I, I always come back to Edison. Edison went making the light bulb. Right. Right? He said, I didn't fail however many times. I just, times. I just found things that didn't work. A thousand things that didn't work until I found the one that did. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of my thought process is that something's bound to happen. I just have to make sure I'm always thinking and always considering the options. Um, so if, if you're listening, well, I assume you're listening, otherwise you wouldn't be talking to us right now uh, here on the show. As you guys are listening to uh, Cam and I talk about this, what, what our goal here, the reason we've, we've done this Kickstarter project, because I can, I can relate to that fear. When I decided I wanted to do this, there was the fear that, okay, I wasn't going to fund, we weren't going to get out there, nobody would want to talk, nobody wants to listen, you know, all those fears. Same fears you're having. But what I want to tell the listeners is, is that, look, this fear is real, everybody's got it, but there's, just do it. Just overcome the fear. And what did you say earlier? We were talking. Take, take yourself out of the equation. Take yourself out of the equation. It's not about you. It's not about you. And I know that sounds strange as we're talking to the uh, audience here, but it isn't about you. It's about the project. It's about just doing it. And once it's successful, you can look back and say, what was I afraid of? Because once you've learned that process. And so hopefully this episode, as you're listening to Cameron and I, maybe there's some things that you can say to yourself, I'm going to try it. And what we're going to do is we're going to work on telling you those steps. Step number one. Here is step number one. Go to kickstarter.com. Click on the start button at the top. And type in anything. I don't care. Just type in anything. This is step number one. Don't have it formulated. Don't have it perfect. Don't have nothing. That's terrible English. Don't have anything. Go click on that start button and fill it out. As little as you can, as much as you can, go through that process. And then do the bank thing. And once that piece is done, walk away from it. It doesn't have to be complete. It doesn't have to be done. But then walk away from it and come back to it in a couple of days. And sit down and look at it again. And come back to it. A couple of things that you can do. You can actually, once it gets approved, you can do a, uh, a preview. You can actually send it to your friends 
and say, I got approved for this project. Now you got to pre-approve for a project, right? Yep. How much of that project had you form have you formulated completely? You got all the pledge levels done? I got all the pledge levels done. And I did you do the video? I did not do the video. I just wrote the concept up for them so they, they saw that it was a good project. That's all they need. All you have to do is write up the concept, come up with some good uh, pledge levels, follow the guidelines. I'm just to give you an idea, folks. This that we're listening to right now, this Kickstarter project that just ended, Funding the Dream Across America, that many of you backed, was rejected. I submitted it, they rejected it. Why did they reject it? Because I used the wrong wording and I used the wrong phraseology and I defined it in the wrong way. So uh, they sent it back. I reworded it, retooled it, realized I'd made a mistake, sent it through. Just go get the concept down and submit it and make it work. That is step number one. Go to kickstarter.com, hit the start button, put your idea in there and just write up what it is that you're trying to do and submit it. And They'll come back and they'll approve it or they'll disapprove it. At least you'll have made it that far. And don't forget to set up the banking stuff. All right, well, we've talked for about, uh, I'm going to guess we haven't run the clock. Uh, I ran the clock. Guess what? You're pretty spot on. 21 minutes. We've done over just at one minute. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. We're going to try to do an update every day from from the road. Cameron, thanks for joining me. You're going to be with me for another week. Yeah, I can't really avoid that. No, it's in the back. but I could. All right, you've been listening to Funding the Dream Across America. Funding the Dream on Kickstarter Across America. Richard Bliss and Cameron Randall have been bringing it to you. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we've inspired you. Tune in next time, and we'll talk about all kinds of cool stuff. Take care.